Please turn to Psalm 119, verse 25. While you're turning there, I'd like to read to you some words that the Holy Spirit delivered to the Romans from the Apostle Paul to help tie together the way the Lord has guided my understanding of this psalm. The bottom line, what I wish to convey to you this morning, is the relationship between the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man. To keep it simple, I'm going to ask you to focus primarily on three phrases that I'm going to bring to you from Romans, and those are inward man, flesh, and I myself. Romans 7.21 I, Paul, find that then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Paul knew that, as we do as born-again children of God, that our life sort of consists of these three parts, the inward man, the flesh, and I myself. Someone might hear uh, this concept and, and say that Paul was schizophrenic. No, that's not true. Uh, but he did realize that his inward man was diametrically opposed to his flesh. Yes. And that this I myself part of him had to make choices on how to live in all matters, both of faith and practice. So let me emphasize that Paul was not a fatalist. His I myself part actively engaged yes. in serving God at the urging of his mind, Amen. the part of him that was following the inward man. He recognized the inward man was the spiritual, spiritually quickened part or living part of himself that delighted in the law of God. So when he noticed that his flesh was serving the law of sin in his members, he hated that part of his life, yes. and he grieved over it. Do you feel that way this morning? Amen. Have you ever felt that way? Yes. Do you suppose that Paul was the only one in the Scripture to think that way? No. Not hardly. But let's consider his great example real quick. Paul knew that while he lived on earth, no matter how much he desired to follow every one of the Lord's commandments perfectly, there were going to be personal Goliaths that he himself had to slay. Yes. And when one fell, another would soon appear in some other part of life without fail. And ultimately, it was up to him, the I myself, part of him, to act. It was up to the I myself, part of him, to seek the Lord daily for help and guidance through prayer, obedience, and diligent yes. effort. He had committed the, these strategic things to the Lord in prayer, but now it was up to him to do the rest, the tactical things, if you will. It was up to him to consciously pick up a sling and stones and run toward each of these successive blaspheming giants yes. and take them down one by one, day by day. Brethren, this is practical righteousness. Right. Is there not a cause? David was no different. Where do you think Paul learned about killing Goliaths in his life? Right. The real question here isn't whether or not Paul and David thought alike. We know that according to 2 Peter 1.20, no prophecy of the Scriptures is of any private interpretation. So we know that the same Holy Spirit guided every writer in Scripture without yes. exception. The question here is, are we going to do our reasonable best, commit our works unto the Lord, obey and trust Him for the results? Yes. 
So now, let me please read to you Psalm 119, verses 25 through 32 in light of this. Psalm 119. My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. I have declared my ways, and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me thy law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies, O Lord. Put me not to shame. I will run in the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Amen. So we see most, most every one of these verses uh, has two parts, man's part and God's part. And man's part of each verse, David is essentially saying, I myself have done this thing which has harmed me or that thing which has helped me, practically speaking. I don't think he's uh, talking about eternal salvation here. The things I do in my life that harm me, I do them out of my own weakness, Lord, help me. Those things that I've done in, my, in the past in my life that have helped me, I've done out of love for thy word. Yes. Now please do this thing or that thing for me yes. that I can be even better for you, for right. your right. honor and glory. We see in this psalm that David asked the Lord to quicken him, teach him, make him understand, strengthen him, remove the way of lying from him, grant the Lord's law to him graciously, to put him not to shame and to enlarge his heart. These are very spiritual, life-changing requests of the yes. Lord. Do we ask him for such things oh, as Lord. this? But wait a minute. David also told the Lord that he declared his ways or confessed his sins, already chose the way of truth, already laid the Lord's judgments before him, and already stuck to his commandments. He also committed himself to talk of the Lord's wondrous works and run in the way of his commandments. All of these things were very practical in nature. All of these things required David to actively choose to do them and execute. In essence, he is saying, Lord, please grant me these spiritual requests because I have not failed, nor do I ever intend to fail, to do the practical works that you've commanded me in your word. Help me to get better at them. Yes. So let's look at the verses in a little more detail. Verse, uh, verse 25, my soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. I see here a, a struggle between the I myself and the flesh. David is troubled that his soul is pulled down toward earthly things. The word dust here indicates corruption or vanity. Think about the song that we sing. My soul beyond thy guard, 10,000 foes arise. The hosts of sin are pressing hard to draw thee from the skies. 26, I have declared my ways, and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Yes. The Lord, David expressed to the Lord that all his sins and shortcomings are fully confessed to him. Notice my ways are not the ways you previously ordained that I would walk in. David owns up to his faults and doesn't cop out the way fatalists do. David knew that God heard when he confessed and confided in him. Think about the confession to Nathan the prophet regarding Bathsheba and the Lord's immediate yes. response of forgiveness. David wanted the Lord to teach him more so he would not continue to make the same practical mistakes. Amen. 27. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so I shall talk of thy wondrous works. So I, here I, I read, make my inward man 
overpower the I myself part of me so that my flesh can't drag me back down. Then my practical life and righteousness will show forth thy power and majesty through my words in the way that I cannot stop praising thy wondrous works and power. The way we speak is a practical choice that we make every day. 28. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. He's saying, Lord, I know that you can strengthen me because I believe your word. And your word says that you can and will give me strength. Isaiah 40, 29. He giveth power to the faint unto them that have no might. He increaseth strength. Yes. Amen. 29. Remove from me the way of lying and grant me thy law graciously. Lord, remove from me even the presence of sin in all its forms as much as, as possible now. And I am confident you'll do it in heaven fully. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. In the past, I myself have chosen to obey you, Lord, yes. and have taken many practical steps to remind myself of what you will do to the righteous and to the wicked. 31, I have stuck unto thy testimonies, O Lord. Put me not to shame. Yes. Lord, the general course of my life in the past has been one of following you. Yes. So for thy name's sake and for thy own reputation's sake, don't let me mess up in a way that would bring shame unto you, since I've been very public about my love for you. 32. I will run in the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. David doesn't sit back and rely on his past accomplishments or righteousness, but instead acknowledges that the Lord needs to enlarge his heart to enable him to continue to progress. Yes. And so I'd like to summarize by saying that our faith only counts with God in as much as it affects real positive change in our lives. Amen. Do you make practical changes and necessary corrections in your behavior, or do you just heap this stuff up as doctrinal knowledge, head knowledge? Yes. James 2.18 says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Amen. Therefore, actions matter. And again, going back to the song that I mentioned earlier, Ne'er think the victory won, nor lay thine armor down. The work of faith will not be done till thou obtain the crown. Right. Amen. Amen.